Welcome, everybody in the world, to the Michael the Pre Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue green orb that we call planet Earth. I'm your dad. It's me, Michael Dupree, the host of this dear show that we all hold so effing, mother effing dearly. Oh. (laughs) It is the end of January at the time of the release of this sode, and I think so far, so good, guys. I mean, as far as a, on a grand uh, worldwide scale... So far, not so good. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot going on in the world today, guys. There's a lot of stuff to feel hopeless about. Uh, but as far as on, uh, you know, a local level, I think things are going all right. <laughs> I think we're doing all right as, uh, as, as far as that goes. And today is no different, all right? Because later on, we will be joined by a dear friend. Uh, they're not a popcorn mogul, uh, just to get that out of the way. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But right now, uh, well, first of all, if you've never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before, it is, don't, don't be mistaken, it is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, directors. I said sculptors again, but still no sculptors. Uh, so any sculptors out there, if you're listening, first of all, if you've been listening to the show for a while as a sculptor and you haven't reached out to me yet, you're dead to me and I don't want you on the show because this bit has been going for a very long time and you've still yet to reach out to me, sculptors, so you're not welcome. It's also the world's only mandatory podcast, uh, so welcome back, everybody in the world. Uh, hey, guys, if you like this show then you would probably like the other Planet Ant podcast show shows as well. It only uh, it, it only stands to reason, uh, such as our newest show, Homerphilia, uh, with Darren Shelton, Devin Rosenai, and who's that? Oh, yeah, Andy freaking Reed, you know, from Fumbling Around back in the day. Uh, they're going through the entire uh, Simpsons lineup. And from beginning to end on Disney Plus, and not a plug, and it's great. It's like the funniest show ever. Also, Come Quack Corner, check it out. It's my favorite podcast right now. Period. Full stop. <laughs> Today we are joined with by the brand new artistic director of Planet Ant. My computer froze. Jared Scott Morin, welcome. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm rocking it, even though my computer is completely frozen, like the movie, Frozen 2, starring, <laughs> starring Adina Menzel and Kristen Bell and Josh Gad. So, Jared, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome as artistic director of Planet Ant. 
Uh, let's get started. Let's introduce the fine people uh, to who you are. Where where do you originally hail from? Um, so I am from Warren, Michigan, and I live in Warren. Um, and I've just been moseying around Detroit since I graduated from high school. Uh, I went to school at Wayne State University. Me too. Mm-hmm. For theater? Uh, theater and English. So nice. I have two degrees. I will actually, though I'm not done yet, I'm actually finishing this semester. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like a super duper senior. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but I so I'm I'm just finishing up there. I have like literally one class in my theater degree left. I'm already done with my English degree. Um, is it a fun class or is it a class? You yeah, just yeah, it's really cool. Uh, we're doing a bunch of like research work on theaters in the area, so I'm sort of a good foot in the door to that. So I feel like I've been helpful in the class so far. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did you, uh, man? So. I'm just trying to imagine if in my senior year as a theater uh, person, just being like, yeah, I'm an artistic director. Oh, yeah, it's unreal. (laughs) Yeah, it feels weird every time I say it. I sent a a bio to Darren for something the other day, and one of the sentences is just like, in a few short months, Jared will be finishing their two (laughs) degrees at Wayne State University. And it's like, what? Um, Yeah, it's Sometimes even you forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really exciting though. Uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how did you get interested in uh, the performing arts? Uh, were, have you always been interested from a young age, or did, is it something that kind of so, was there a specific event that kind of sparked it? Um, I feel like at first I just kind of it was like I I fell into it because it was something I was interested in, or it was something that I don't know I could do after school actually really. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was just in like middle school, and then there's a there's a really amazing high school performing arts program out in Warren Con. Really, um, called the Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts, and that's where mm-hmm. I went to high school, and they're just like amazing there. So um, I I feel like the teachers there really inspired me. Um, and like educators are all like super important to me. I feel like that's a lot of like why I do the things I do is because I have good educators around me or bad ones. (laughs) Especially uh, the Wayne State Theater program, uh, um, is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's changed. Uh, You know, I, uh, there's so many people there that I love and, um, They've been, like, very helpful in giving opportunities. I feel like I had a lot of opportunities just – I just went for my bachelor's in theater. And I feel like sometimes people get swept under the rug. And um, I feel like I was offered a lot of opportunities or found those. So I'm really grateful for that. Awesome. Wait, do you do, have you had Dave uh, Davies as a teacher since he started? No, 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 no. Oh, because no. He, he, So he just – he, like, just started in the past, like – I think semester, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, but he's teaching a lot of the like intro classes. Right. So I he's I'm on the way out while he's on the way in. But uh, yeah, I, I heard that and I was super excited about it. He actually is like helping with the improv and sketch group that the students started this year and That's my little awesome. my little brother's on it and he's Oh yeah, it's it, yeah, it's super cool. Um I love that man mm-hmm. so dearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, in your history uh, in theater, uh, you've directed, uh, you've done set design. Obviously, you're an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, where, uh, what, what was your kind? Of, so I imagine acting was kind of your your first 
passion was your first uh, and foray into performing arts yeah, yeah um yeah so like i like i said the high school program that i'm from it's like really like state of the art like they you know there's people that come out of there already as technicians like with portfolios um it's it's really crazy the way that they like make kids that are like ready to go into theater as a profession um so i sort of like got a an interest for everything there but you know, it's a, yeah, it was a lot about performance and that's what I came into school doing, uh, or, or like with most interest in. And then I, I feel like I found out really quickly as many do when they go into theater in college that, um, you don't always have like the opportunity, you don't always have the opportunity to perform. Right. Um, yeah. And that's like part of the profession too, you know, like sometimes it's just not your role or it's not something that's like a fit for you. So I got bored really quickly and I wanted to continue doing work. So I started Still wanted wor- to be involved in that world. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I think it's like a, if you're just sitting there like waiting to be cast and not doing anything else, you're sort of like wasting your time with your degree, you yeah. know? So um, I started working at the costume shop there. So that's something a lot of people don't know about me. I did costume construction and, des- and design for like five years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, like built a ton of the show. So you've probably seen something that was built or like in part built by me on a Wayne State stage before. Is Mary Kate Copenhagen still over there? Yeah, uh, I love her so love much. Her. Well, so I met, she's like, she was huge to me throughout my entire just college career. She's the best. Um, I always like call her my college mom, <laughs> but um, she has a puppetry class. Yes, there. I've taken it. It's so awesome. So I start. I took it as a freshman, and I loved it. And it actually, you know, like she's gotten me professional jobs making puppets from doing that. Like I did the puppets for the Ring Wall a couple years ago oh, when wow. they did Hand to God, and. Um, and I ended up actually TAing the class like uh, like a year year and a half ago with her too. That's awesome. So we're just like really really weird random stuff. But yeah, basically, so while I was there, you know, I I was doing that, and then there was another there was a student theater uh, company like summer theater company that started called the Underground, and they had run it for like a year or two, and then through like the bylaws because they're legally a nonprofit they. And written in their bylaws, like, you can only take an executive position for up to two years. So they needed a new artistic director. And I had, like, just come in. But it's sort of, you know, like, I had, like, a moment where I was sort of losing interest in theater. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of getting burnt out? Yeah, well, you know, like, I feel like everyone had, that's part of that moment of, like, realizing, like, you're not always going to be cast. Um, sometimes like you don't just have to be an actor. You can do everything, you know, you can do other things. Yeah. And it's healthy too. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's the smartest thing you can do. It just, I mean, the more that you have experience in other fields inside of the theater, the better an act, like a better an actor you are. Um, just more empathy. I think you have for the people around you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many, there's so many performers that just like do not know how to treat a technician yeah. um but <laughs> yeah. so yeah so I had sort of like lost faith for a second a little bit and I was actually like going to go 
I was like on the way out. Like I was not yeah, gonna. I feel like we have very similar stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not. Way. I was not gonna like do. I was gonna like drop that major, and I wasn't really interested. And I think it did for like a semester, and then someone told me to come audition for that, and it's like a fully student produced theater season. Um, and they did. They were doing like weird stuff, like stuff that Wayne State wasn't doing on their regular stages during the season. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. That excites me. So I did that, and. I uh, performed in something, A Behanding in Spokane by Martin McDonough, which is such Ooh. a good play. Uh, it's so funny. Um, so I I did that, and then I was like, this is Didn't so cool. Did you do Pillow Man, too? Uh, yes, he wrote yes. Pillow Man. Um, oh, I love Pillow Man, yeah, too. Yeah, really <laughs> um, So, yeah, I did that, and then I was like just so fascinated by it and the fact that like just a group of students were getting together, and no one was getting paid to do it. Which was crazy because, like, the product was so good Mm -hmm. for, you know, uh, it was just, like, a testament to how passionate people can be about it. And I wanted to be a part of that and, like, be a leader for that. So then I ended up getting voted on to be their artistic director for a couple years. Oh, awesome. And it just, like, grew a ton while I was doing it. Um, So I sort of had, like, a, a a crash course in it. Before I came here, so so you have a you have some history of artistic yeah directing. yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> you're mm. not just some rando yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. um awesome uh so who uh so obviously you you clearly have a passion for the whole business uh, all around but what are some of your favorite roles that you've played uh on stage so um in uh Behanning and Spokane that so it was Mervin he's like the weirdo. Uh, recovered meth addict that is playing he's like the desk clerk it's set in a hotel like a seedy hotel and he's the Mm -hmm. desk clerk of the hotel and he's just like so such a doofus um and I don't know like I've always I just remember like doing that character and it it was the first time that I felt like I was like allowed to be myself on stage which was just like super weird you know (laughs) um so that was that was a huge role for me um i wayne state does this thing called the heck robbies Mm -hmm. and i really really love that actually because it's they're producing new works and it's usually by student playwrights and they like write some really good stuff in there, you know, like there, yeah. there's a lot of good scripts that they've done. So I did this one show called The Sunshine Clown, and I played a puppet, and I had a twin, and that was amazing. And then that same actress that was my twin ended up playing my twin in real life in another script that um, they produced through the Heck Robbies. Awesome. Uh, and in that one, we were just like total b-holes, and we were trying <laughs> to like poison our grandma so we could get money from her. Um so just, uh, you know, I've always loved to do, like, weird stuff like that. Uh, and I, I, like, I like acting, but I really found a love for directing. So I feel like yeah. I actually have a lot of uh, impactful experiences from, like, shows that I helped produce. There's something really direct, amazing so. about kind of doing it from that perspective. Like, it feels like creating a painting and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. I've I found that too in the last couple of years. How mm-hmm. fun directing is, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find your way to the Planet Ant? How, how did you first hear about the Ant? Uh, so I, I'd say 
Well, I, I've, uh, I've always been friends with Devin mm-hmm. Rose and I, who you mentioned from Homophilia. The worst. Uh, it, absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, no, I love him. Uh, but so, yeah, I, uh, he came back from NYU. He graduated from NYU and he, I he didn't moved. Even know that. <laughs> yeah, he went to Tisch. Um, uh, <laughs> love you, Devin. <laughs> uh, yeah, he went to Tisch and, um, he was someone that, like, I, he went to, he graduated from the same high school oh, okay. as I did, and I, I was friends with his sister. She's the same age as me, so uh, I, like, knew it, him and was sort of always around him, and he was going to school for TV, you know, script writing, TV writing specifically there, right around the time that I was going into college, and I was just like, oh, there's, like, people that are doing this. And he always sort of intrigued me because that was something that I'd, like, aspired to but didn't mm-hmm. really, like have an idea how to even like begin of just like playwriting or script writing and he's like the funniest person in the world he's so funny oh my <laughs> gosh he's so funny and yeah oh my god he has so much potential I love him so much yeah. Uh, but yeah so he started taking classes here so then we just you know came, started coming to karaoke and then started, you know, when you when you get in here, it's kind of hard to yeah. get out because, like, you just become friends with people. Like, everyone's friendly. And, it just, and, yeah, it feels like you're part of a family, mm-hmm, like, the second mm-hmm. you walk in the door. So uh, I was doing, I was really just hanging around out, uh, out here for the last, like, year. And then I got super involved. So when Caitlin took over as artistic director last year mm-hmm. in the summer and all of that was announced... Um, she had offered for me to do the slot, the, like, second slot in the season. Mm. And she was like, oh, you should do some Shakespeare. And she'd offer it as you like it. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I'll do that. That sounds cool. I'll make it, like, even gayer than it already is and (laughs) whatever. And then I, um... Looked at the script and I was like, absolutely not. I have to rewrite the whole thing. So, <laughs> so then I did that. So, which some might consider blasphemous to rewrite Shakespeare. So, how did you kind of, uh, you know, get into that mind? Like, how, with what well, without like, you know, I'm sure you have a certain amount of respect for Shakespeare. So I'm you- one of those people. Yeah, I'm one of those people that thinks it's sort of like blasphemous, but also I'm just like, whatever, do whatever you want. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Which I'm sure Shakespeare would agree with you. Oh, exactly. Yeah, someone told me after they saw that show, they were just like, "That's <laughs> Shakespeare's so happy right now, dude. And yeah. he's like up there in the afterlife, just like, this is how I wanted my plays to be right now, you know? <laughs> um, but so I, it took me a second to like sort of understand why I was doing that and what I wanted to do with it. And I think the thing is, if if you take something that's, really old but really good you know like it still stands to to the work um you can you can rewrite it in a way that you like are just you know sort of like dumbing down the language or contemporizing it mm-hmm. as some would like to say uh to make it more like digestible for an audience yeah but you, i mean i don't think that you should ever sell an audience short like i think that yeah you know your audience is smarter than you think usually uh, and they'll get the gist. But the thing is, I think there's, like, rewriting Shakespeare for the sake of that and then almost, like, totally reimagining it in yeah. a way that someone couldn't imagine it to be. And that whole play is about drag. Like, it's yeah. just about... It's just, you know, people dressing up as the opposite gender. 
And so I was like, okay, it's a drag show already. So I'm just going to like totally like make it a bring that to show. the front. Like it's going to become a drag show. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's what it was. And it was super fun. I feel like it like is the story, but you know, it's not just like a, a high concept on something. It yeah. was like totally sort of reimagining yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen some like, uh, real, like, like you said, like high concept mm-hmm. adaptations that it just ended up being really uh, kind of uh, pretentious. Sure, uh, but sure. This, but when I saw as they like it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is the title of your your version of it, um, I was just blown away. I thought it was hilarious, like really funny in in the way that the original script is really funny, but mm-hmm. also it, with a lot more <laughs> humor sure. that wasn't uh, there, and uh, just a whole. Sp- I mean, as as they as you like it is. Uh, probably my favorite Shakespeare show. I think it's one of the best comedies. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it was, it was like seeing a whole new show mm-hmm. uh, in like a way that I almost didn't recognize it in a good way. You know, like it was still surprising sure. me in like in ways. And so that was, that was awesome. <laughs> so bravo, bravo on that. Um, so that, so how did that doing that? Um, I, I'm imagining the reception. Yeah, that was awesome. Was, you know. was very positive. Everyone I, I talked to was blown away by it. Yeah, it was a, it was a super positive response. And, um, for, from the, the way that I am is like when I start working somewhere or with like a group of people, it's like very hard for me to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially like if, if like when we work together, like we create something successful, so, yeah, and then I, I mean, I finished with that, and then I ended up um, going right into working on dancing with Caitlin and doing the set. Mm-hmm. Was that with, your first time doing, like, set design? Mm, no? No, I like, or scenic is, like, one of my favorite kinds of design because I think that there's something, like, essentially environmental about theater, and... It was so, such a cozy set. Yeah, right, <laughs> and it was, like, sort of, it was sort of simple. The whole thing, like, in this, it's something you can't sort you can't really see, but you can see it from the audience, uh, but the stage directions at the beginning, you know, like, that setting is, uh, it says the, the room you was a murder scene. I think that they, like, talk about it a little bit, too, but they say that, like, the, the, someone had killed someone in, in the room where that set is. Yeah. So I was, like okay, let's, let's do that, you know, like, I, and I like, like, sets that are a little, like, eerie or, um, rough around the edges, like, yeah. everything doesn't have to be perfect all the time. I think particularly the way that you set up the couch in that, like, mm. the way it was just, like, you know, the sheets were kind of bunched up, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it's, it seems like something that would be so simple, but the, the particular, the specific way it was, like, it made me just want to, like, cut, like, cozy sure, up on sure. it, even though when you sat on it, it was not very comfortable, but. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, the whole set is, like, it's, like, things being covered and uncovered, and, and that's, like, the, like, a lot of the plays, I'll, like, you, you don't know what is true or, like, what's going on between those two characters, they're both sort of, like, unreliable narrators in a sense, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that's where it was, but, okay. yeah, so I was doing that, and then, um, yeah, one thing led to another, and... Not an artistic director. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that kind of discussion happen? Because KVB was kind of on our way out. Uh, yeah. So, so how did that lead to you uh, then being asked to do it? Oh, well, I mean, when I was, when we were finishing up As They Like It, like when we were in the run, I was, I just told her, I was like, I don't know if it's, 
if I've made this obvious to you, but like I'm throwing my hat into that race for mm-hmm. for when it happens and um just like due to the circumstances it ended up happening a little bit sooner than yeah, sure. I had expected it to. Uh, but they had they had already had their eye on me to do it. And yeah. I think that they just they um through like conversation had like uh found out about my sort of like past expertise with doing it through mm-hmm. Wayne State and um I'm really excited because there's just so many things that I can't wait to like really start to get the ball rolling on. Yeah. Um and I think everyone's going to be very, very happy with like what I'm going to bring to the table. So, so what are some some things? I know you probably can't talk about a, a lot of things, you know. So there's some oh. surprises. I don't want to get the cat out of the bag, but kind of just kind of like uh, let's talk about your your approach or your um your your vision uh, for for the future of the artistic side of planning. Sure. Uh, so you know there, uh, it's not like the planet as a stranger to theater. It's something that has happened, but it's happened um, sort of like sporadically. And it's almost like, it's almost like they were producing productions when someone like came to, came to them with something, um, which didn't happen all the time. So they didn't really have like a consistent season always. Sometimes they did, but they didn't always. Yeah. It was usually like mixed up with like sketch and like process shows. Exactly. No, it wasn't usually like outside, uh, like scripts and stuff. Right. So now it's sort of like, sort of like bringing, uh, bringing all of that to like the forefront, actually like, um, solidifying, like this is a season, there will be a theater season here every year. Like you can, um, rely on the fact that every other month there will be uh, some sort of like theatrical work happening in the black box theater for three weeks. And so that's the first thing is just sort of like letting people know about that. Yeah. Uh, and then next is like the thing the that's very special about the ant is the, um, very like diverse crowd that it brings. And, you know, there's just so much that we have going on here that people come uh, from all different areas and, you know, all different walks and they go to, you know, whatever they're interested in. So now I'm just sort of like throwing our hat into that and like trying to make it be actually like pronounced and have people be engaged in it. Um, And something that's always been important to me about doing anything involving artistic directing is, um, there's like there's no point in telling stories that aren't like relevant to us. Yeah, you know, uh, and at this point, um, with everything that's going on, like the most important thing that we can do as artists is be honest with ourselves and be honest with audiences. So, what I can say about this season next year is it is very very dark, but it is very very funny. Awesome. Uh huh. Um, that's my vibe. I feel like that's very like <laughs> up our alley, you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a there's a lot of stuff. Um, it's it's very it's very, all over the place. I will say so. Like, we never had we've never had like a themed season before. Yeah. And I love a theme. Oh my god, I'm <laughs> a drag queen. Like I love a theme. You know. So. Um, I can say the, the the theme of the season, and the theme of the season is 
the season. <laughs> uh, the theme of the season is the season. Literally. No, it's, it's okay, I'll explain. So, <laughs> so, um, and the only thing that I can like give away from that, and I think that's the only thing that's there, is that every single show in the season begins with the word the. Okay. Yeah. So it's like. Okay. And, and um, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to like give this feeling of like all of this, these are all like different stories happening in the same place, you know. Um, and yeah, and I'm I don't know. I'm really excited about that. It's like a big year happening. It's about to be like this election year, so that's gonna be you know just an absolute freaking circus, <laughs> um, as it was <laughs> the last time around. So. Uh, Can I do a one my one man show of just doing a Trump impression for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea for a play where like it's a one person show and the the character is like the person that runs press for him. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> like or just you know a pres a, yeah. a, a figure like that. Yeah. It, like, like could you imagine uh, press secretary? Or <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, well, awesome. I'm mm. very excited about that. I think that the the future of the Planet Ant theatrical season is in good hands. Thank you. I don't think you could argue about that. Um, let's move on to our next segment, though. Uh, we have a very exciting moment. Uh, my cousin Eddie has been on a constant search uh, for people around the country who may have heard of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Uh, so far, not a single person he's asked has heard of it. Uh, but he's continually determined, and he's also continually determined to get home because he's lost. Uh, so last time we heard from him, I think he was in he was in Yellowstone, and then on his way to Orlando. Uh, so let's find out what's going on with my cousin Eddie right now. Hi, and welcome back to another Eddie's update. Brought to you by Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Today, I'm in sunny Orlando, Florida. I was brought here by a nice woman from Yellowstone National Park, but I can't seem to find her. I got lost in Disney World, and now I think I work here. At least I'm wearing a Donald Duck uniform. I guess I'll keep doing my my original objective of asking people if they've heard of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Oh, wow, it's Donald. How's it going, Donald Duck? Uh, my name's Eddie. Oh, uh, are you supposed to talk? Or are you... Yeah, I'm, I'm Eddie. Eddie, uh, Michael Dupree's cousin. I don't know Have you heard is. of him? No. Have could... you heard of the show, <laughs> the Michael Dupree Variety Hour? Could you... No, but could you talk in the Donald voice? This is uncomfortable. It seems very weird talking to a oh, Donald. Oh, yeah, Duck. sure. Yeah, I'll try the Donald Duck voice. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. No. Stop, 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 please. Uh, hey, here, here's a 10. Have a, good, have a good day. Oh, this might help actually cover the minutes on my aunt's cell phone that I have in my pocket. I definitely didn't steal. Ma'am, ma'am, oh, I noticed that you're running the concession stand over there. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you, have you heard of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour? Yeah, I have. <gasps> you have? Yeah. <gasps> uh, I'm uh, I'm from Livonia, Michigan, oh. actually. I'm down here on a scholarship. Oh, you're on a scholarship? Yeah. You've heard of Michael Dupree Variety Hour? Yeah. 
Do you know how to get back to Michigan? No, I'm stuck here too. <gasps> You're stuck too? Yeah, I tried to leave Disneyland. Uh, and they said, you can't, you have a scholarship here. And I said, I didn't know you could get a scholarship at Disney World. And they're like, you have a scholarship here. You can't leave. And I've been here for seven years. <gasps> and did you ever graduate? No. Oh, so now you're just servile to Disney and Disney interests only? I, they implanted a chip in me. <gasps> and it's right in the back of my neck. And all, I, I know that, I know all the songs and I know all the characters, oh. and I know all their zodiac signs. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, um, that's Maurice. Why are you talking in your normal voice? Why are you talking at all? The mascots aren't supposed to talk. I, well, I'm doing my part-time job. Let so. us be humans. No, what are you doing? I have a scholarship here. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk either unless you're talking about concessions. I will talk about everything, even Maroon 5. Put the gun down. No. You're not scaring me. I know it's just going to spray Hershey Kisses at not me. Not this one. No, that one's like real gun. This Shoot me. Real... It'll it'll get me out of here. Shoot me. No. You're going to continue to sell concessions. You are going to be Donald Duck, and you're going to speak in your Donald Duck voice when you're spoken to. Okay, here it goes. All right. All right. Good. Have you ever seen Donald Duck? Stop talking to the duck. I'll find hey, you how, in the how, back alley. How's this one? Sora! Sora! Great. Sounds good. I'm going to go into the back room and I'm going to eat my chili dogs. When I come back, you guys better be doing your jobs and making kids happy. Bye. Little does he know I put a bunch of laxatives on him. First, while he's shitting his pants, let's get out of here. No one's watching. Eddie, no one's watching. We're Listen, stuck, Eddie. I still have the keys to that lady from... Yellowstone's car. We can get in there and we can head back to Michigan. But I can't leave the grounds. How are you going to get me out? I can take a quarter to that chip or a magnet or something, right? I don't know. Let's go. We got to go. On the next episode of Eddie's Update, maybe we'll be in, I don't know, Michigan or I don't know, Vermont. I don't care. We got to get out of this prison. Oh, boy. Oh, Eddie. You poor little soul. <laughs> you poor little thing. Uh, anyway, we have our next guest joining us now. Uh, he is not a popcorn mogul. He's just a normal guy, just living his life. His name is Oval Redding Boxer. Please welcome, please, uh, everyone, uh, bow to Oval Redding Boxer. Yes. Hi. How's Hello, it going? I'm Oval Redding Boxer. Hi, Oval. Hi. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you. So, oh, well, the the only thing you've told me about yourself is that you're not. I'm not a popcorn man. Yes, you're not. Uh, you don't. Do you want me to say the name? I. The problem is, I look a lot like Oval Redenbach. I look yeah, just okay. like him. But the problem is, Oval Orville. See, I, they got me doing it. <laughs> Orville died at 1995. Yeah, is that true? It's true. 1995. Yes, you could Google it right now. He died in 1995. Okay. So, 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 little oval. Me walking it into. You said earlier before your uh, your interview started that you work at Somerset, right? Mm. So let's say I'm walking around Somerset trying to get my you know my ice cream, and the the people are yelling Orville, Orville. Mm -hmm. Well, Orville's been dead. Yeah. For 25 years. Mm -hmm. Right? Does it say on the yeah, Google? Yeah, 1995, September. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. So for me, 
trying to be a man in this age, this day and age, mm-hmm. 2020, oval red and boxer. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I can't live my life. No. I can't live my life. Is it that big of a problem? Yes. Can wow. you imagine any store, anything I go into? I tried I tried to visit my best friend Martha at the hospital. Uh-huh. I couldn't even get into the doors. What happened to Martha? N- well, Martha took a spill. She's fine. Okay. Oh, She's right. totally fine. But I couldn't even get into the hospital doors, Michael. Oh. <laughs> they wouldn't like they were trying no, to No, the paparazzi. Oh. oh, wow. You got paparazzi the paparazzi. They had to shut down Joseph Campo just for me to come down here. Really? Wow. Yeah, they said, well, the paparazzi, especially with how the Do roads were. Do they not work, Google the fact that Orville Ruddenbacher has passed? People think that it's almost like a Tupac, um, like a, oh. what's a, what's it called? A, what's Hologram. it called? Thank you. Yeah, you. they think that I'm kind of like a reincarnation of Orville. And I said, listen, listen, no, I'm just... Oval. I'm just Oval Redenbacher. Well, uh, it's kind of interesting. You have a very similar name and are a spitting image of Orville Redenbacher. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, you know, what, what I think happened, all right? And I'll, I'll tell you what I think happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mother loved popcorn, mm-hmm. all right? And so she, what I think well, she did. Well, you're kind of, a, you know, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. What I think she did, if you say that I'm a popcorn of no, a no, person, no, no, I've no. got that a lot. I say you're an older person. I am an older person. So how but old were you when Orville Redenbacher, how old were you when when you were born? How old was Orville Redenbacher when you were born? I don't know. So I, I'm 63 years old. Okay. Mm. All right. Keep going. He was born in 1907. So okay. you can do the math. And you really know a lot about Orville I know. Well, you, people say it to me. They say, they say Orville was born in 1907. Night, uh, they say, do you know the facts about him then? Because uh, you look so much like him. But okay, I'm like, so I your, don't. your mother was a big popcorn All right, so lover. she was mm-hmm. a big popcorn mm-hmm. woman. She loved her popcorn. Uh-huh. And I think she tried her best to look up a picture of what Orville looked like as a baby. Uh-huh. And then she saw me and mm. she said, oh, my God. And that you looked just, like him when you were a baby. When you uh, you looked like Orville Redenbacher when you were. When well, he was I looked a baby? like like we looked the same at the same age. So when he oh, was an infant, ooh. I looked the same exact as Orville. Okay. <laughs> I mean, interesting I, that you would have that on hand. Yeah, in like yeah. the fifties. She was a Orville's. She was baby a picture. Yes, she was yeah. ahead of her time. My mother. Uh, sure, sure. She was. So, and I don't even share a last name with my mother. Really? Or my father's. No, I know. Well, I, yeah, because I imagine their last names aren't Redding Box. No, and I, I, it, I'm, I'm here to set the record straight. You know, mm-hmm. I know that this is a mandatory podcast, mm-hmm. and everyone in the world needs to listen to this. Mm-hmm. So listen to me. If I'm walking down the street with my soft served vanilla ice cream cone, I would, I would like it if I could just eat it in peace without people yelling at me about being Orville Redenbacher. Isn't it sure. iced cream? I thought it was iced cream, not ice creamed. Ice cream. It's iced creamed. It's, I thought it was, no, it's iced cream. I don't know what you're saying. I, I, I don't. I don't see. I don't hear the difference. You're saying ice creamed, but it's iced cream. Hmm. That's the right way of saying. It. Hmm. Anyways, ice cream cone. listen, listen, listen. Because now we're getting into different topics here. Yeah, I'm sure. here. You guys, listen. You guys have both very unique, beautiful names. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one. I gotta walk around, and people are asking me, "Where's the rest of my butter?" That's gotta be. Uh, that's got to be awful. Is that they say, "Oh my God, you look just like Orville Redenbacher," and you say, "No, no, no, I'm it's, not Orville Redenbacher." It's Redenbacher. 
Yeah, you look just like Orville Redenbacher. Mm. Redenbacher. You and can't you say, even see. It sounds you, the same. You, you don't say, even know You say, who's no, different. I'm not. I'm not Orville Redenbacher. And you say, and they say, well, what is your name? And you say, Orville Redenbacher. And they look at me like. They, they must think you're joking. They say that sounds made up. Yeah, and I said, I, and sure. I pull, I pull my birth certificate right out. Why don't wow, you, just you use carry it? it. I have yeah. to. You would, you. you I mean, also I just wouldn't carry dare. Your license on you. I wouldn't dare not. I don't want them to see my weight. <gasps> they don't have your weight on your. Li- Why didn't see your weight printed on your license? Well, for. All right, all right. Me, there was what, one you're time. Okay, you're listen, showing me your license right now. There it's was only showing your name, your eye color, and your weight. So there was one time I tried to get into Canada with a with a box truck. Full sure. of gummy bears that was completely overweight. Oh. So now, why? Bec- no, never mind. Why? Just yeah, it's sure. a, it's a long story. Anyways, so now after you commit that crime, uh-huh. they you are you are cursed for the rest of your life to have your weight on oh. your license card. The weight of your car, or that, or that's the, your, weight? your weight, so that they oh. know how, so they don't have to weigh you God, separately. You weigh you a lot more than you look. I I made a gummy bears. <laughs> Oh. I, see, I'm a gummy bears man and a vanilla man. I'm not a popped corn man. You that, don't like popped the, corn. It gets, really? The kernels get into your gums. Why don't you floss? There was, I do, Michael, and one time it made it worse. Oh, I, oh I, I've I, had that was, happen to yes, me before. You, 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 you put, it digs in. You put it up there and you're scraping and you're scraping and it digs so far up. My dentist had to call the fire brigade just to get it out. The wow. fire brigade? Yeah. The, <laughs> wow. They were like, missing. we got to get the chief up in here. I mean, it is lodged like a cat in a goddamn tree. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's not that kind of show. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You can swear, actually. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the worst word I know is flabbit. That's the flabbit? That flabbit. I don't know what that one That's is. like, dang you flabbit. I think dang, dang flabbit? Dan flabbit. Isn't that a I newscaster? Know him. Yeah. I know him. He's a nice man. He's he's a, he's the weather. Listen, we're getting off topic sure, here. Everyone's sure. going Keep to forget down. the problem here. Yes. You know what the problem is? Uh-huh. Is identification and, and individuality. Oh, you're a libertarian. That's the problem here. <laughs> okay. All right. You don't believe in licenses or what do you, what do you not believe in? No, 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 no. I be, I completely believe. I'm talking about my own individuality. Okay. I have my own things I'm proud of. Like what? Well, my my wood models. Wood that models? I make, that I that I carve Did myself. Bring any? No, because it was very moist outside, and it the is. wood will stain. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. <clears throat> One of them looks like Michael Keaton, but Ooh. but 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 what midst midst his putting Beetlejuice makeup on, so it's like half Beetlejuice, half Michael oh, Keaton. That's oh, there's something very uh, hot. Provo- <laughs> hot about that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's sexy. It's sexy <laughs> to say the mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you where I put it. I will. I, will, I won't tell you where it goes at night. I'm not talking about it in my body, you gross sure, asshole. Sure. That is where I, I thought. No, I, it goes on. It goes on the dresser in the corner of the room, and it stares directly at me. Watches you, like, like you know, like a guardian angel almost. Sure, oh, sure. Protects you. Yep. You would think that you'd want a Batman version of Michael Keaton if you were gonna. Uh, oh no! Beetlejuice makes me feel very safe. Sure, you don't even have to say his name three times. He's no, just there. He's there, cuddling me, the warmth. And you know what? The the bit, the little bit of grime on his on his neck really sends me back home. What is the reset point for saying Beetlejuice's name three times? Like, is it, like can you say Beetlejuice and then like Beetlejuice and then what? At what point can you say Beetlejuice sure, again before sure. it, it finishes the incantation? It's a one minute interval. Is it? Yep. Is that real? Yep. Oh. 
No, I think it's... Inter- a, one minute between each time? No, or is it like, like, you have to say... Because you have to say it very fast, but if you wait 60 sure. seconds between, it resets. Well, I mean, didn't uh, Winona wait a little... She was like, Beetlejuice. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, Beetlejuice. And he's it like, was, right. It was about 45 seconds, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know my Beetlejuice information. Mm-hmm. So from the first Beetlejuice, it needs to be within 60 seconds before the last Beetlejuice, or else it resets. And then do you say yeah. his name three times, and then he... Then he's he, gone again, right? Can you? No, you you. Well, it's, yeah. it's hard to get rid of Beetlejuice once you get yeah, Beetlejuice. You can't just, wait, I thought you could say it three times and then he's gone. I don't think so. No, I, the movie's very different from from reality. Oh, I hope the, you guys realize. Wait, the real sure. is a real Beetlejuice. Sure. Michael Keaton is actually Beetlejuice. Oh, really? <laughs> There's an actual little tiny thing. Yeah, like Alec Baldwin and uh, what's her name, Betty, whatever. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. <laughs> Betty, whatever. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of Betty White's on, on the mind. Okay. She's on the mind. She's anyway, on the market, her birthday yeah. was yesterday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Anyway. Still going. But Jada Davis and Alec Baldwin actually are those monsters in real life. Oh. Like they can turn into those monsters. Oh. I thought they were dead in the movie. Oh, they're dead in real life. I don't. Too? You didn't so hear it from. Just, you didn't hear it from Oval. You so didn't hear it from Oval. Was, was more of a documentary. Beetlejuice was found footage, baby. Straight found footage. Shake, 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 senora. That was over-exaggerated. Okay. That was a little rude. uh, So you are a big Michael Keaton uh, woodcarver. Yeah. Well, I... I do carve other things. Uh, I sure. did. I carved uh, the top thrill dragster from Cedar Point. Like life size? No. Okay. I, it was. It's about uh, maybe four feet. Okay. And there's someone dangling. Oh. Mm. And the ride is stopped, and there's a worker down at the bottom going, "Help!" And both his hands are up, and his eyes look like the one painting that's like, "Ooh!" Uh-huh. The scream. The, thank you. Uh-huh. And. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's comical what and colorful. What was the name of the person who did the scream? I don't remember. That I Herman Melville. Herman Munster. <laughs> it's it Herman Munster. No, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Herman speaking Malvo of the monsters. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Edward Munch. Edward Munch. There we go. Herman yeah, Munster. Right. Herman Munster. Herman Melville did write the Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a life size Herman Munster. Uh, in my basement. Wood wood carving or the real person? Oh no, no, not neither. It's a wax. It's oh. wax. I actually have a li- library full of wax. That's wow. your other oh, hobby. That's terrifying. I have. Well, I like bottles of things. Sure. I like to build, and I also like to collect. I want to do a wax museum. I have it in no, my like basement. A, you know what a wax museum is. Yeah. I know what a wax museum is. I want to do one. I thought they were so cool in, in elementary school. Mm. We should do one in Detroit. One. Let's make it happen. Why don't we have one? Why not? Yeah. I like to. I I remember who was I Let's when do I one was a the child. End. I was Dwayne the Rock Johnson, mm. but he was just the Rock at the time. Oh my God, I was Orville Redenbacher. Oh really? Oh my God, it, oh the trout the childhood trauma is coming completely oh, back no. right now. The wax model completely reminded me of it. Oh man! My teacher, I remember in grade school, my teacher would go, "You're nothing better than a popcorn man." And I said, no, I could be better than popcorn. What does popcorn do? Pop? It's in the name. It doesn't design anything. Yeah, there's no there's no secret. There's no, no there's no surprise. No. I mean, there's kind of a surprise with popcorn. It's no. like, is it gonna pop? Is it gonna no. pop? It pop. And then when you so when you hear the name Orville Redenbacher, you think 
popcorn, kernels in my freaking molars, blood everywhere from the dentist. And then when you think of Oval Red and Boxer, you think, oh, well, that's an inviting name. I wonder what he likes to do. And you don't know. There's a mystery there. Yeah, there's gummy bears and wood carvings. Gummy bears, wood carvings, wax, wax models, things, yeah. and taxidermy. Oh. You kind of got the big three. They got the trio. I got the wood, the wax, and the animals. So how'd you get into that? Well, so there was one time mm-hmm. I was hunting in the woods. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought I was hitting a deer. It happened to be a Yeti. Oh. Which was crazy, right? You're yeah, thinking, sure. oh, well, this is completely bombarded. No, I'm telling you it's not. I I completely hit a Yeti, and I thought to myself, how could I prove this to the world? The, 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 the Yeti was gone. I shot him right through the eye. Wow. It was a clear shot. I'm good with a bow and arrow. You, oh. you bet you better forget. Okay, you, put the bow and arrow down. Don't forget it. <laughs> Why did you bring that? I, you don't know when the perfect hunting moment will happen. Well, it's not right now. Okay, so get it. Please stop drawing listen, back listen, your arrow listen. to po- and pointing it at my face. So I thought to myself, oval taxidermy. Mm-hmm. I took that yeti back on my back. Oh wow! I I brought him through Is that the why you snow. Have a hunch? No, I haven't had a lot of calcium. Oh. Also, my muscles are a mess. Anyways, so I brought that Yeti back on my back, and I took the stuffing from all my stuffed animals that I had in the house, which was a lot, mm-hmm. and which I don't have any more stuffed animals, and I shoved all the stuffing into the Yeti, and he stands right next to Herman Munster oh, wow. down in my basement. You didn't think to like maybe donate it to science or anything? Because it's, I mean, people have been searching for the Yeti or the Bigfoot. Well, that's another thing for them to take away from me, isn't it? <laughs> sure. My sure. identity's gone because of Oval Red and Baca. So what? They're gonna take my Yeti. They're gonna take Yvonne. No. Yvonne. Yvonne the Yeti. It's a beautiful oh. name. Wait. So you could uh. But don't you think if you were to be the one that was is known for having discovered and killed the Yeti, uh, that that would probably bring you to superstardom above Orville Redenbacher? No, because... People would remember your name. They would. They, but, they would be like, oh, Orville Redenbacher? Oh, I thought you said Orville Oval Redding. You can't even say it. That's the problem. They would probably put the wrong name on the award. Oh. They would put Orville Redding. I just feel it in my bones. They wouldn't even know who I was. But your bones are bad, so maybe <laughs> you... Not my bones. <laughs> your muscles? <laughs> my muscles sure. and my... Your bones aren't great either. My pelvic region is What's wrong with the pelvic region? Oh. Is this that kind of show? The 70s were a time for (laughs) Oval, let me just tell you. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, why not? I was a teenager. I was young. I was in love. I needed my fix. You were spry. I was Oval. It's not more simple. And you know what? The 70s was the one decade where a lot of people were like, we don't want popcorn. Mm-hmm. Who wants popcorn? We I want... thought that was the, the year, the time of drive-throughs, though. And oh, but that was where they were starting to have gummy worms and bears, oh. and they were starting to have hot dogs and cotton candy. And people were like, "No, I don't want this popcorn. I'm gonna have to go to the dentist next week. No, I don't have the money for the copay. No, <laughs> that's fair. No, so they stopped. And then guess who comes out? Jiffy Pop. Mm. And they are just like, oh, here we are, pop, 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 on the stove. 
that you want that natural effect, well, guess what? Here we are. You don't like Jiffy Pop either? I don't like popcorn. Okay. In general. What, so it's you... not just Orville Redenbacher. Well, no, because and he's his the... popcorn. Well, to be fair, his is the most scrumptious, but it's evil. Sure. It's evil. All the more deceiving. Is it just evil just because you are uh, salty about the fact that you're... Don't you use the word salt when talking about popcorn. (laughs) Are you just angry that your name sounds similar to Orville? Like, is... Have you ever met Orville Redenbacher? He... I did. (gasps) Wow. I had to face the man before he died. I saw him on his deathbed. like looking in the mirror? On his deathbed? I saw him on his deathbed. Did he say anything to you? He looked at me and he said to me... Mama, I'm coming home. No, he didn't say that. He said, he said, it looks like a younger me, but less successful. And I said, you motherfucker. And I took his last piece of popped corn. And you're like, oh, no, you didn't eat it in front of him. Oh, no, I didn't. I crushed it over the old man's old carcass. Oh, God. And as I crumbled it and it threw onto his body, he said, not my last, my prized popped corn. And I said, that's what you get for a life of popped corn. And then the the, the nurses were like, security, (laughs) security. And I I jumped out the hospital window. And you think, no, those don't open. Sure. Busted through it. Wow. Third floor landed on my feet and ran towards (laughs) ran towards the highway and they never saw me again you, you know it's it's funny when people people will ask you they'll be like oh what would you what would you think it would be like if you met a younger version of yourself and i hope it's like that it, well, i'd be lucky yeah. <laughs> you know what he was lucky because he was all alone in that hospital bed sure no family Nothing. No one there to, to 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 comfort that popcorn butter ball of a man. I just came up with a theory. Hmm. Do you look at all, all like either? You said you don't look anything like either your parents, yeah? Oh wait, no. You said you don't have the same. Do you look anything like either your parents? Mm. You look like your mom, probably. I've never mom. seen pictures of my parents. Period. I've only seen their faces, and I don't know what they looked like when they were younger. Oh, okay. But like in general, like you don't think you look like them that much? I don't know. My theory. Especially considering your mom had... Okay, my theory is that Orville Redenbacher is actually your father. Which would explain why your mom had a young picture of Orville Redenbacher. It would explain why your name is so similar. It would explain why your last name is so close without being dead on. And it explains why you look so much like I don't even want to go down this freaking road with you. Have you thought about it before? Never. Well? Maybe. Listen. Even if I was related to Orville Redenbacher. Which you aren't. Which I'm not. Uh-huh. I would never tell a soul. But sure. you would also be the heir to the Orville Redenbacher popcorn uh, bag of money. It's not a bag of money that I'm worried about, Michael. Mm-hmm. It's the It's the whole premise of the situation. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. All right? If I took the money, the dirty popcorn money, what would I look like, Jared? What would I look like? I would look like a scumbag. I'd look like some. I'd look like a, a poser, a traitor, a fake, a quack. That's what I'd look like. You'd look like Orville Redenbacher. Mm. Oh, my God. It's all full circle. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Oval. 
I really yeah. appreciate it. But before we go, it's time to play a game. All right. Uh, in this game, this game is called Adopt Smooch Question Mark. <laughs> it's played like F Mary Kill. Sure. But it's a little different. So you guys will each get a kind of a different prompt, but and you'll get your own individual choices as far as the people who will be you will be debating over on this. Mm. Uh, so Jared, let's start with you. <clears throat> your prompt is adopt, smooch, or send to Portugal on a secret agent mission to steal ancient jewels. Sure. Share and I. I want to. I want to note that I came up with this game last week, and it's weird that two of these people came up in this conversation. Share, Betty White, and Alec Baldwin. Adopt, smooch, send to Portugal on a secret mission to steal ancient jewels. Um. Well, I'd smooch Alec Baldwin, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. That's so a, there, no you know, question. cross that one off yeah. the list. Hot daddy. Um, I think, I don't know. I trust Cher. I yeah. feel like I could send her to Portugal yeah. on a secret mission. And She'd have a much easier time. She'd come back she with should. a lot more than jewels. Who wouldn't give Cher <laughs> jewels? Exactly. You know? <laughs> you, she wouldn't have to steal them. Just look at someone. Just walk right in and be like, give me them yep. jewels. Just sing a little song. Which means that I get to adopt Betty White. That's a good choice. Mm, yeah. The cards, a great daughter. All, the cards would all be in my yeah. favor there, I think. Yep. No, everything awesome. would go well for you. All right. Uh, and Oval, your prompt yes. is adopt, smooch, house it for, and accidentally poison the very expensive cockatoo so you have to find a new one and clean up the dead cockatoo mess. Oh, Lord. I've been there before. Jeez. Ryan Seacrest, mm. Chris Pratt, mm. Alec Baldwin. Well, um, I would definitely, definitely kill Chris Pratt's dog. No, there's no dog. kill. I oh, would okay, kill right. Chris Pratt's dog. and No, pro- it's a cockatoo. Wh- oh, sorry. I thought you said a shih tzu for no. some reason. Uh <laughs> It's the premise for an episode of Keenan and Kel. Okay. I would 100%... Oh, that's right. It is. Uh-huh. I would 100% kill his bird uh-huh. and not try to cover it up. Oh. I would just leave it there because he's uh-huh. a homophobic butthead. Is he? He, he? he goes to that church. He goes oh. to that church. Oh, that, that one church. weird one in L.A. That, that church. Okay. Um, I would smooch... I would I would smooch Alec, okay, yeah. and then I would adopt Ryan to make him better. Oh, sure, just because sure. he's just. I mean, I think he's doing all right. When you look at Ryan Seacrest, what do you feel? You feel a little bit I of indigestion. Sad. Indigestion, I feel a sad. yeah, <laughs> a little indigestion. Like you could have had, you could have been so much more. I mean, you you could have really done a lot with Paula Abdul, and you passed that one up. Yeah. So, like a freaking. Well, I think some ugh. of that's on Paula. I think some of that's on Paula. Have well, she was off going to Simon Cowell. Have either of you seen the video where Britney Spears realized that Ryan Seacrest wasn't gay? No. It's live on camera. <laughs> and, and someone asked him about, like, a girlfriend, and she's just like, what? I wish that <laughs> anyone could see what I'm doing right now. Because it's, uh, it's just like, Britney's oh my God. Look no up. way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I kind of thought that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought Ryan was just open to whoever. He seems like a loving guy. I guess it was such a rumor around the time American Idol was going that it was like, 
I guess I just accepted it as fact. Well, I thought that all that the three judges and Ryan Seacrest were kind of like a little four thing going on, and they all, you know, like a fuck rectangle. They all were dating each other. Randy Jackson was like, Doug. Oh, he was like, I'm all. I got a white girl and two white guys. <laughs> God. Oh, I don't know if you should post that. So I, I it was so funny watching American Idol back in the day because there was always that tension between Simon and Paula. Well, because like, you know that they? she just was kissing him in the backstage. You think so? Oh my God! <laughs> Half the time he had the lipstick still all over his freaking face. Oh, I well, that like, is how you play adopt smooch question mark. <laughs> Great. Nice. Uh, well, thank you both so much for being on the show today. It's been an absolute freaking blast. Uh, where can people find more from you, Jared? Um, I did not mention it here, but I'll mention it now. I'm also a drag queen in the area named Lavender Scare. So you can oh, yeah. follow me on Instagram at Miss underscore Lavender Scare. I use that account a lot. And then I also have another one, Jared Scott Morin. Um, and if you want to see more of what I'm doing, then come check out Planet Ant. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week with more fun. Bye. Bye. The Michael the Brave Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Wow, that was great.